Here it is. Again. And it's called. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act. They'll just boggle your mind. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey, everybody. I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the Goo Goo Gaga bonus episode of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, post-post-punk, post-post-post-punk, and new wave 1976 to 1986. I think you might have forgotten Revenge of the Empire of the Post-Punk Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, so this is a this is a, an emergency podcast. We yes. just realized that uh, this week is um, oh our one-year anniversary, That's so right. to speak. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Deep Dives and Deep Cuts. <laughs> we are we are one years old. So what what we've got uh, what we've got lined up right is uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, I think we're probably gonna actually a little bit of this and a whole lot of that. Oh, a lot of that. Okay, cool, <laughs> <laughs> great. So I think we should probably kick this off with with some music. Yes, that's always a great idea. Okay, well let's let's go ahead and start off with some Talking Heads. Who is it? So we chose that song to start out this episode for a very specific reason, Rob. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead and tell me. Uh, other than it being a, off a really great album, uh, what's the what's the reason? Well, I think the highlight of our first year was the finale of season one, where we huddled with our community and determined the best punk or new wave album of 1977, which, of course was the Talking Heads debut album, um, Talking Heads 77. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely was a great album. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to give too much away about how that all shook out because we don't want to spoil it for any new listeners who haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that episode. Right, okay. But um, I do want to note one thing, which was you, our top two picks your top two picks and my top two picks were exactly the same and ended up being overall the top two picks of 77 oh, wow. and i think i think that's pretty significant because it is for sure never going to happen again <laughs> yeah you might be right about that but you know stranger things have happened well maybe <laughs> they haven't i don't know uh, yeah. it was pretty amazing though 
So we don't we're we're playing this one kind of fast and loose. We um, haven't really come up with an outline about what we're going to cover so much. Um, we just thought it would be a missed opportunity if we didn't, you know, celebrate the fact that uh, we've been around for a year. Yeah, yeah. Good, good job, Joseph. Yeah, I think that's... good, good job for you too. Thanks. You, uh, you, we, we both stuck it out, and um, I, and I think it's going pretty well. I think we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until something better comes along, I suppose. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. a younger, sexier podcast catches oh. our eye. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Boy. So let's um, let's talk about some surprises. So this is you and I have have spent most of our adult life listening to punk and do wave right. um, but we are our knowledge of the music was by no means uh, 100% comprehensive so this has been um, this last year has been eye-opening and very very edifying for both of us and yeah. we've we've discovered a lot of cool music we've never heard before um so i thought it, it might be nice to just kind of talk about the biggest surprises uh so let's let's talk about the song that surprised each of us the most that that we discovered um over the last year what was the what was the song that that completely caught you off guard, Rob? Well, so the song that completely caught me off guard, it it still kind of gives me the shivers when I think about it. But um, it was Ghost Rider from the band Suicide, and and I I knew that song, but I only knew it because I'd heard Henry Rollins do it. Mm -hmm. And and then when I started researching Suicide and I heard that song, it blew me away. Not only did did I find out that Henry Rollins wasn't the guy that did it first, but I found out that it had been done by other people, like other people covered that tune. Um, and, and Suicide, to me, they just had this killer sound that went perfect with with that song. Right, and so they, they were the original writers of the song, right? They, they wrote the song, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. that you've heard is, is a cover tune. So... Have you determined a favorite version? Do you do um, you prefer the original, or are you sticking with? Uh... I'm still loving Henry Rollins. Uh huh. But uh -huh. I I do love Suicide's version of it, and I kind of look at it as almost a different song. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a completely mm -hmm. different sound, and unless you're really listening to the lyrics, it's hard to tell that that's actually what you're listening to. I mean, it's it's totally different, but uh, I like them both. Well, you know what? I think we should we should hear them both. Um, oh, why don't idea. Why don't we start out with the original by Suicide, and then uh, we'll hear a little bit of that, and then just uh, crossfade to uh, the Henry Rollins Sweet. version. Yeah. Ghost Rider, motorcycle hero. He's looking so cute. 
sneaking round, round, round in a blue jumpsuit. Who's rider, motorcycle hero? a blazing away surprise speaking of surprises that we were gonna that we that we threw ghostwriter from rollins in here i mean i, I love that song and it's actually a song that gets played at my house quite a bit so <laughs> i'm stoked that we just played it i think that's the first time i've ever heard it i mean oh. it it surprises me i've gotten this far without hearing the the crow soundtrack but mm-hmm. I, it does not sound familiar i think i do prefer um the Rollins band version to the original because it is they're both kind of grindy but yeah. the Rollins band they're they put some real because of the loud instruments you know because it's not all keyboards it, it can the the grind really gets a lot more rhythmic and kind of pulls you in you know it's more of a guttural thing yeah so i i think i do prefer it to the original oh cool cool so, well yeah. my my biggest surprise is um actually was from our very first episode the introduction episode when we were when we were talking about proto-punk bands and the, the the bands that inspired the first punk bands um, discovered a little band called Death and a song called Freaking Out. In the skin, not a fin, why is my head spreading on in a dream? Is that time to bleed? Why all these lights popping up in my face? Or am I freaking out? I, I really like this song, and I literally was just listening to the song right before we started recording tonight. And I love at the beginning of the song how they just blurt out their name. You know, they're, they're introducing, this is who we are. We're singing this song for you. It's kind of yeah. cool. Well, th- this is one of my all-time favorite punk songs. I mean, I, I just think it is. It it just feels like 
one of the great granddaddies of punk songs. So we we spend a fair amount of time in the introduction episode talking about death. Mm-hmm. So we won't we won't spend too much time on them right now, but just to just to recap the the big points was um it's a band of of African American brothers. I think it was three of them, right? Three or four. Yeah. And um they never released anything um at the time, but uh a number of recordings were made and then released I don't know, ten or twenty or thirty years later. And the all of it's just just a handful of songs, somewhere between five and ten songs were recorded um back in the seventies. And this is the only one that's like straight punk. The 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 rest of it is is quite good, but it's much more of a like seventies funk rock thing. Now they were originally a funk band, right? Weren't they originally a funk band? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I did notice um, just a couple of days ago when I was putting this playlist together that they now have a couple more releases out that look like they got back together just recently and started recording again. So that's interesting. I I haven't had a chance to check it out. Um, You know, there's always a big difference between music produce when you're a teenager as opposed to music you make yeah. when you're in your 50s or 60s for, so forget about the fact that it's just 30 years later i mean also we're yeah. listening to it with different ears yeah yeah so those were our biggest surprises as far as music goes um let's take a break from talking about biggest surprises for a second mm-hmm. and celebrate the fact that we just recently we've started um having guests so we've at this point we've had two guests for um well one for a deep dive and then one for a bonus episode yeah. and um i think it's really kind of marking a, a the beginning of a new era for us isn't it I think so, too. And, you know, I, I want to just point out that that was the biggest surprise for me. Those two shows were so much fun to do. They were they were fun to research. They were fun to talk to these guys. And, and I mean, both both shows, the, the guys were just so knowledgeable and so cool to, to talk to. I can't wait to have them both on again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a fair amount of stress when, you know, when we were getting – getting closer to actually having guests on because it was like oh we set this rhythm just rob and i and how are we going to deal with this new energy and you know how how is it going to fit and you know are they are they gonna be dicks (laughs) i mean honestly that's what i was kind of i mean our our first guest is a was is a longtime friend of yours. Yeah. So I was like, well, Rob can probably, you know, wrangle him. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Michael Greco was a, was a complete unknown to us. Um, and so personable as it turned out. So, yeah. So cool. Yeah. I, I just, I wasted all of that good stress 
for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there'll be more stuff to be stressed about, I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just what a waste of energy. I know. So we have, let's see, right now we are in a week or so, we're going to look at um, August, September of 1978. So mm -hmm. we've worked through 76 and 77, and we're a little bit, well, we're just about at the halfway mark for 78. So I thought it would be fun to just real quickly, and you can time me to see how fast um, I do this. Um, I'm going to just real quickly run down every band that we've covered so far. Oh, okay. And I'm I am a I'm talking about the bands in our rundown episodes, so I'm not talking about the bonus episodes or, right. or anything like that. But chronologically, the, these are the punk and new wave bands that we have we have met so far, um, and it's it's quite a list. Um, a lot of a lot of great bands, um, and a lot of great bands to come too. Yeah. So. Here we go. Let's see how fast I can get through this. <clears throat> okay. 999, Adverts, Alternative TV, Blondie, Boomtown Rats, The Boys, Buzzcocks, Cars, Clash, Damn, David Bowie, Dead Boys, Devo, Eddie and the Hot Rods, Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Generation X, The Heartbreakers, Ian Dury, Iggy Pop, The Jam, Japan, Kate Bush, Magazine, Modern Lovers, Nick Lowe, Only Ones, Patti Smith Group, Per Ubu, Peter Gabriel, Ramones, Rosellos, David Hell and the Voidoids, Runaways, Saints, Sex Pistols, Sham 69, Slaughter and the Dogs, Barks, Split Ends, Squeeze, Stinky Toys, Stranglers, Suicide, Suicide Commandos, Talking Heads, Television, Throbbing Gristles, Tom Robinson Band, Ultravox, Vibrators, Wire, and Ecstasy. Great. Well, that was a little under a minute. I think next time <laughs> okay. it's going to be a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to biggest surprises when it comes to albums. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go first this time. Um, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Blank Generation. Um what a great album. Yes. Yeah. It really, really awesome. Just classic punk album that I had never heard before. Um, I was familiar with the with the title track, Blank Generation, and it pops up if I mean, really when you're looking at compilations or whatever, if you see Richard Hell represented at all, it is that song. And so I, I don't, I guess I didn't, and I, I always loved that song, but for some reason I never sought out the rest of his stuff. I think I just sort of assumed, oh, well, none of his other stuff, could, it must be an anomaly and none, none of his other stuff could be that great because I never hear much reference to him and I've never seen any other of his songs um, popping up on compilations or whatever. Um, and so, wow, I mean, 
if I were to come up with a list of top 10 favorite punk albums, I think that would probably make it. It wouldn't be, you know, it would probably be in the second half of the top 10, but still for for an album that I had never heard, um, you know, quite a surprise. It, just a just a really the the energy level and the sort of the um, vanguard brilliance of of what Richard Hell was doing on that album um, just kind of continues to surprise me every time I revisit that album. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So we have heard a lot of songs off of this album because it was part of our four to explore from 77. Um, so the, the, and I, I wanted to feature a song that we hadn't ta uh, talked about yet. So the pickings are a little bit slimmer, but still a pretty darn good song is down at the rock and roll club. It's a very good song. I, I, I want to say that um, when you discovered Richard Hell and the Voidoids, you were so excited. Like you were, you were considering this may be the number one. I, I, I am, I'm gonna love this band. I'm gonna love this album forever. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I was afraid that, you know, at some point, and, and you even acknowledged that your your enthusiasm for the band might slope a little bit, and it and it did a little bit, but only yeah. a little bit. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, first of all, it's the album not the band because the the band only released two albums and the second album was virtually i consider at least the original version of that album yeah. virtually unlistenable um so i'm really talking about the album um and you know i yeah so at first i was like oh this is gonna be my top five of 77 probably number one and so that did wane a little bit but you know it was it was going up against talking heads and the clash and um you know all and a couple of other surprises that i don't want to give away because maybe they're gonna pop, that that band is gonna pop up a little bit later right. um but um yeah so it it did it did drop, but it's like pretty much every every album that was on my top ten, except for that one, was an album that I had was familiar with and lived with for the last twenty years or something. Yeah. So you know. So, 
say say I don't uh, I've never or I don't listen to a lot of punk right let's just say mm-hmm. I don't and 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 then I come along and I'm like Joseph I want to hear some good punk music you know what you're talking about make me a compilation CD you're gonna put Richard <laughs> Hell and the Voidoids on it yeah I mean and I think I would probably for for a newbie I think I would probably be very very predictable and put blank generation you on kinda, there you kind of have to it's because that is I mean that that was my entry point and yeah. I, I think it's an excellent entry point um cool yeah yeah um but I do I just I love his energy throughout the entire thing and he's he's a really compelling storyteller he is, yeah, you for know? sure, and a poet. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big rock poet guy, um, but, but his sensibilities as a poet uh, really resonate with me. So, so Rob, what is your biggest surprise album mm-hmm. uh, from the last year? Well, this goes back again to the. Uh... The, the show that we did with uh, Richard Temple on the Manchester music scene. And um, it, it's funny, I'm still calling him Richard. And I'm going to go, go ahead and, and give a little bit of information here. And, and I think people should know this if they happen to look up his music. So Richard Temple's with a band called Dog Food uh, in the UK. They're a great band. They've got some great music. Um, I have, for the longest time, known him as Magic Temple because magic is what he went by in the band. So when you're looking up dog food, you're going to see Magic Temple, not Richard Temple. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so when uh, Magic, if I may, was uh, a DJ and I listened to his, I was listening to his show, he played a lot of The Fall. And he talked about The Fall uh, extensively. I mean, like crazy. So um, the biggest surprise album for me was a band or a, an album that he played during that during that we played during that episode, and it was Bingo Masters' Breakout, the uh, the LP from the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you are your own man, and you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, I I feel like. I need, and probably the audience needs, a little bit of clarification about how this qualifies as a surprising album. Because first of all, it's an EP, not an album. And second of all, we only really just talked about the one song. We did. We did. Um, Of course, I went back and listened to the the entire LP. Um, Uh And Yeah, I'm sorry. I said EP. LP. Yes, it was an EP. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I went back and I listened to the entire thing, um, and it it did surprise me. The thing is, is I don't recall listening to to anything from this album in what he mm-hmm. played or talked about over over the years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. And and when I first heard Bingo Masters Breakout in preparation for our Manchester episode, I had no idea who. I mean, I didn't even realize that was the fall. Wow, that surprises me because. I have never listened to a fall song and ever had to wonder yeah if it's the no. fall you know um. so but okay so uh yeah let's uh so let's listen to that song again and um 
then when we come back, I, I've got a, a point or two I'd like to okay. make about this. Song. Also, be before we go into it, oh, okay, I have something I want to say. Yeah, it is our one-year anniversary. Basically, yeah. it's my birthday, and I'm playing a damn song I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I've said many times before, you have the right to do whatever you want, right. and I have the right to give you a hard time for uh, it. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's Bingo Master by The Fall. All it saves is a back of chairs in the mirror, a lack of heads. I like round the chain belt out, hear the players all shout. Bingo Master's break out, Bingo Master's break out. Some lager in his hand, silver microphone in his hand. Wasting time in numbers and rhyme, 100 blank faces by. Bingo masters break out, bingo masters break out, bingo masters break out. So, there's a topic about this song I, I feel compelled to bring up. And I'm going to try really hard not to sound like a petulant little child who's pouting in the corner. Okay. But um, I just, I want to talk about the title of this song because there there has been twice um, so far where I have been corrected about the title of the song. Yeah. I've always known it as Bingo Master because that's how it was on that compilation that I had, um, the uh, the Cherry Red Records punk compilation. Right, right. So, and then when we were doing the Manchester scene episode and I referred to it as Bingo Master, Richard corrected me mm -hmm. as far as Bingo Master break breakout, mm -hmm. and um, I just deferred to him because he was the expert. But just recently, I went and did some research, and here is the real skinny. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> this song was originally released as Bingo Master. Uh, in some places, uh, there was there's a hyphen between the two words, and some places there isn't. But it was originally on the EP. It's Bingo Master. The EP is called is called Bingo Master's Breakout. And then later on down the road, there was another version released on either a compilation or a live album. And that version was the song title was Bingo Masters Breakout. Uh -huh. So there have officially been two songs, one with each of the titles. So either way is right. <laughs> uh, but my way is not wrong. So I just want to, I just for the record, it was, it was Bingo Master before it was Bingo Masters Breakout. That's great. That's off of off of the EP Bingo Masters Breakout. So very confusing, um, but I just, you know, I am fine with being corrected when I'm wrong. But then when I find out that I wasn't wrong, I it's hard for me to not no, circle it. back yeah. and you know set the record straight. So 
Wait, is that is that punk rock of them or what? Yeah. Um, good God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you it's like with any other band, you would go, that was probably just like sort of an insight. Yeah. But with the fall, it just doesn't seem like that would be accidental. You know? <laughs> right. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so let's um let's talk about uh some of the bands that we have looked at more closely. So I I already met, uh, ran through all of the bands that we've covered so far, but we have done, um, every month we do a deep dive and then we uh, typically do a mini dive as well. Um, so let's just run through all of the bands that we've done deep dives on uh, so far because it's it's building up to be quite a list. Um, and this is chronologically from uh, our first episode, our first official episode. <clears throat> um, so we've done deep dives, like hour plus look at the catalogs of Blondie, David Bowie from 1967 to 1980, The Stranglers, Iggy Pop, 1977 to 1993. Wire, 1977 to 1991. Kate Bush. Elvis Costello, 1977 to 1983. And The Cars. Oh, and Devo, of course. We just did Devo, yeah. And then as far as the mini dives go, we have done The Damned, The Clash. Well, actually, The Clash was was more of a full dive. It was a pretty uh, big dive. D- <laughs> deep dive, that's right. So it was The Damned, Richard Hell and Friends, The Sex Pistols, The Adverts, The Suicide Commandos, The Saints, and the Dead Boys. So of uh, okay, so let's talk about the deep dives for a second. What what was your favorite deep dive so far? Oh yeah, this is gonna. It's a good one. Um, it's a little hard for me. I mean, I've really enjoyed so many of them, but I have to yeah. tell you, I I it's hard for me to say what my favorite. But I'll tell you, there are two that I really have a big spot in my heart for. And uh, the two that I'm talking about are the David Bowie and the Iggy Pop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A little interesting tidbit here. Uh, our David Bowie episode is our least listened to episode. Well, they didn't know us yet. I think we that, you guys totally need to go back and listen to that episode. There is so <laughs> well, much in it. It is so good. <laughs> I, I question your, your explanation because there were there were episodes before that and episodes directly after that that have gotten more listens. That were bigger. I, ah, okay. My, my sense is that people either, if you if you like David Bowie, you totally know his catalog, so it's like, I don't need to listen to these yahoos talk about this music that I know like the back of my hand. Yeah. Or you don't care for David Bowie, and so why bother? 
I, yeah, that's a good that, point. That's my guess. That's a good point. Well, I got to say, my favorite is our most recent one uh, for two factors. One is, of all the bands that we've done deep dives on, Devo was the one whose catalog I was the least familiar with while still, like, really loving most of their music. Um so that was just, it was so much fun to really dive into a catalog I didn't know very well and really, really enjoyed as opposed to like Blondie where it was, that was pretty bumpy for me. Um, and then having Michael with us and just bringing a whole new energy and a whole new perspective. I yeah. mean, I, I love the fact that between the three of us, just about every one of their albums up until, you know, the late 80s, early 90s had a champion, which I thought was I thought was great. And yeah. sort of a testament to um, the uh, strength and diversity of, of Devo's catalog. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and boy, what a, what a great guy to have for a deep dive too. I mean, he, <laughs> he definitely was in, you know, in the dive. I mean, he had, he was in there, so he, he had yeah, some really yeah. good input. Okay. So what about mini dives? Do you, is there one that like particularly sticks oh. out to you as being a, a favorite? Yeah. You know, um, I think the Richard Hell and Friends. Was, oh yeah, was a favorite because it and it it wasn't just Richard Hell and the Voidoids. It was Richard Hell, and then it were all the bands that that you know he wasn't in. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he was in he was at no, some point, but no didn't actually in. record yeah. with. Yeah, and <laughs> so all the that music. Was, that was Johnny Thunder and the um, Heartbreakers. Yeah, and yeah. Television. Yep. Yeah. So what a great show! That was it was good. It was fun. Yeah, that that was fun. We'll we'll have to look for more opportunities to to do something like that. Well, I got to say my my favorite mini dive was the Suicide Commandos, uh just because it was so exciting to discover a band that I had literally never heard of before and get so excited about their music. I don't know if you remember this, but it was yeah. we had some other band scheduled for for the mini dive and it was like as soon as i heard that the suicide commandos album i was like oh i i want to talk about this band uh so so exciting and you were you were so lovely and generous and flexible as far as (laughs) just rolling with the punches and going sure i've already prepared for this other band yeah but right. let's talk about this <laughs> yeah i did you know i had prepared already for the other band but i want to be honest i don't even remember who that other band was anymore <laughs> uh, uh, suicide I, commandos are great i think it was generation x oh you're right it was yeah suicide commandos only released one studio album in in the st- 70s or 80s so that was like our only chance to really talk about it yeah whereas gen x releases several albums so we'll at we'll certainly have an opportunity to to get to them but it was like now or never for the suicide commandos yeah so glad you did too 
we weren't going to focus on low points, but I, I just want to reiterate that for the mini dives, the, our absolute lowest of low points was the dead boys. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I still, um, I feel like the, that there's some unfinished business there. Oh, you know, let's do this, Rob. Uh-huh. Let's put out, let's put out a, uh, the bat signal to our community. Oh, good um, idea. If you if you are a uh, real fan of the Dead Boys, um, please reach out to us, and we will uh, uh, invite you to come on the podcast and have a discussion with us. It won't be an argument. We won't tr- we won't try and like punch holes in your love for the dead boys. I, I just feel like the dead boys, they are iconic and they are not being properly represented on this podcast so far because neither Rob or I are capable of, right. of stepping up for them. Right. So I would, I would love to have a conversation with somebody who can um, provide another perspective and maybe maybe help us you know help us see the light wouldn't that be fantastic yeah i think that's a great idea and the thing to remember is uh when you're talking about it won't be an argument the thing to remember is is that we cover notable bands notable albums um obviously these bands are important enough to bring up so the dead boys even nick lowe Okay, these people are big enough. <laughs> they're big enough, and Nicklo, of course, is huge. But, but uh, Dead Boys are, are are they're big. They're a big deal, and they yeah. have a lot of fans. So yeah, yeah. we totally would invite yeah. invite a fan to come and talk. About and them. and if you're if you're not feeling like you're up for a you know an appearance on the show, um, uh, just uh, just write us something uh, write us a little treatise on on why the dead boys are beloved and um and we can you know yeah. we can read that and and yeah. discuss it so uh, i just you know that was a real low point for me um and hopefully that's the lowest point of this entire podcast so lessons learned i'm going to be much more mindful of that um yeah for sure Okay, so let's get back to biggest surprises. Oh, yeah. We've got one more category to go, and that is artist. So let's talk about the artist that surprised us the most. Yeah. Um, Why don't you go first? Because I was surprised by your surprise with this artist. I thought you might be. Yeah, Um, please, but surprised. So... (laughs) I literally, and I'm gonna make apologies first, but uh, I'm sorry uh, for for this. But literally, most of my life, I have talked a bit of smack about this artist because because it just wasn't my thing, you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wouldn't talk smack in the sense that, that you know I don't think people who like this artist are are bad people, and I I they sure the artist certainly has value, but it was just not my cup of tea. And yeah. I didn't relate to the sound or the music or the songs that I that I knew of. So in doing um, this podcast and preparing for this deep dive, I have come to really like Kate Bush. 
Yeah. And well, that it's about time. That's it blows me say. away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I don't think that people know this yet about us and our our history, but uh, Rob and I were housemates at one point. So yeah. So we it was it was only for about a year, right? It was probably a little less than a year, but we actually lived under the same roof and I never turned you on to the good stuff when when right. it comes to Kate Bush. So shame on me. I, yeah. I guess I just didn't know that that was something that needed to be done. The, the thing too is that I think the Kate Bush that I had heard was stuff that was on compilations that I had or soundtracks that I had. And I remember playing it thinking, what a great soundtrack. And, oh, this stuff is okay. It's just kind of ambiance. It's it's all right. I'm not into it. It's not something I'd listen to. I wouldn't go buy an album. Um, but going back and doing the research, I totally relate to a lot of the songs. And I love a lot of the songs on a lot of the albums. Yeah, well, she, she is... She is um... A great songwriter, but she is a master at atmosphere. So I could, atmosphere. I could see how just hearing a song here and a song there stuck in among songs from other artists might, you know, you you might not like really click with her music. I think, especially with the dreaming, you really yeah. gotta just listen to that album, you know in the dark alone with headphones on at the end of a long day what song do you want to hear from kate bush uh, yeah that was so that was a difficult choice um but again it's it's our anniversary and i get to pick the song i want and i just kind of picked uh i i chose get out of my house yeah so we we've heard this song before yeah. And um, this is the song that was inspired by the book The Shining. That's right. Yeah, and, which was a total surprise to me. I learned that during the episode yeah. while we were recording. <laughs> and I love The Shining. It's literally my favorite ghost story. Getting you into Kate Bush might be my my like biggest accomplishment so far on this podcast. Wow! I'm yeah. I'm, I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was a big deal for me, and like I said, it it blows me away that that I actually feel this way because. Uh, I mean, I, I spent years resisting it, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, and, and so. with Kate Bush, you just have to be very mindful about which albums you listen yeah. to. Yeah, Yeah. well, now I've heard them all. Yep. And I think I think the order of which I listened to them probably mattered. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. doing the research and listening to the lyrics as well as the atmosphere, I think is pretty important. Yeah, yeah. 
So my biggest surprise is um, Ultravox. So I was very familiar with Ultravox. I had a number of Ultravox albums, you know, in my adolescence. But they were all post um, Jonathan Fox's uh, departure from the band. Because when Jonathan Fox, is it John Fox or Jonathan Fox? Any idea? I John Fox. John yeah, Fox. John Fox's. Okay. Uh, when when John Fox left the band, they they their sound changed quite a bit. Not only just because it was a different vocalist, but just the the stylistic direction they went into was very very synthy pop, which I actually really like. But um, I just what a surprise that so they uh they put out three albums with John Fox and we have discussed two of them and the first one was one that we um we explored in depth in our four to explore because of just how prescient the the sound was um but their second album is just an absolutely rock-solid, classic UK punk album. Um, I think that it maybe gets a bit of a bad, bad rap just because of where Ultravox goes later on down the road. I think it's, it's probably hard for punkers to go, yeah, Ultravox, they were a kick-ass punk band. But I love Ha Ha Ha. It was my, I think it was my fourth favorite album of 1977. Um, just a, just a really reliable, energetic, and competent doesn't sound like much of a a compliment when you're talking about a, <laughs> an album but but for punk i mean they were they were just they they just did everything right you know and maybe they didn't have as much raw potential and brilliance as some of the other punk bands but that album they were just firing on all cylinders on that album. Yeah. So so we we've heard a number of songs off of Ha Ha Ha. So I but I kind of like every single song. So it's easy for me to pick a song we haven't heard. Ultravox is a great choice, and I, 
I like Ultravox a lot uh, as well. Uh, the, th the name of the song, by the way, is Rock. Some good <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked them because I really like them a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode talking about um, our... We're, we're going to revisit our... Um, Desert Island Picks list and actually dive into um, an album from each of our lists. Yeah. And so this is one of the very, very rare times that we'll be talking about music that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with punk or new wave. Um, so we're, we're going to leave that for the very end of this episode. So all of you hardcore, like... I only listen to punk and new wave can can turn us off. Um, Rob, is there anything you want to touch base before we dive into that? No, except um, except I think I, I really want to thank the listeners uh, yeah, of for course. sticking for sticking yeah. with us. You know, th this is our our one year anniversary, and and it's a big deal because people actually listen to, and they actually give a damn about what you what you and I have to say mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. you know surprises me to the utmost anyway but but um it's great well, and, I mean yeah and I, I would like to say that every once in a while we get somebody um going on social media and they'll either they'll either post something in the comments or they'll just send us a direct message where they kind of just tell us their story about how they discovered punk yeah. and new wave and how it like completely changed if not their life changed their perception of of what music is and 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 what your relationship with music can be uh and those are those are really my favorites cuz we oh, yeah. you, you you and I spend a lot of time on this podcast doing just that talking about our relationship to this music and how how our relationship with the music has evolved over the yeah. years and it, i love hearing about other people's experiences yeah for sure uh let's see there there are a couple of quick things i want to uh touch base on so i'm gonna pull a beetlejuice you ready <laughs> okay Okay, so Beetlejuice, you're a big Beetlejuice fan, right? Huge. I love that movie, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, I think I've only seen it once, but um, but I'm very familiar with it, of course. <clears throat> so in Beetlejuice, they say Beetlejuice's name three times, and he appears, right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the next thing I, I'm just, I'm just going to... Beetlejuice this sucker. Are you ready? Go for it. Go to Apple Podcasts, write a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, write a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, write a review. Did it work? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> well, writing a review right tell. now. Uh, okay. I'm, writing, I'm writing a review right now. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then <laughs> one other thing. I, I just want to... I want to put a little a call out. I've done this in the past, but not not recently. So at the top of every show, including this one, we have our little intro 
montage where we play a bit of a clip from one of the songs that we feature in the episode, and then we have these sound bites that are relevant to the subject of punk and new wave. And it has evolved uh, and will continue to evolve. And I want to solicit to our listeners any ideas about uh, little snippets that might be appropriate um, in the evolution of that intro. So we're, we're looking for something, you know, it can be part of a song, but more ideally it's like part of a movie or a section in a TV show or something that is relevant to the punk and new wave movement, something that doesn't have other music in the background. So for instance, we have a quick little clip from the B-52's Love Shack where the music just cuts out and, and she says, tin roof rusted. Something like right, that right. would works just fine. So yeah. we, we, we want this thing to keep evolving. And Rob, I am shocked, shocked that you uh, haven't mentioned the fact that not too long ago I dropped in an Oingo Boingo reference in that uh, in that intro. I did notice it. Don't don't think I didn't notice it. In fact, as soon as I hear heard it, my eyes my eyes yeah. just burst open. I mean that yeah. I think that's awesome. When, when when I was making that edit I was just going, Oh Rob is gonna love this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no I do. Okay, well I think that we're ready to um talk about our desert island lists. Yeah. So in our December bonus episode, we spent some time talking about our lists. And um, we got a couple of, several people responded saying, hey, you need to post your list um, because I want to check this stuff out or whatever. And we just sort of ignored it because I was thinking, oh, that would be a great bonus episode if we like focused on it more. But now I'm thinking that every once in a while in a bonus episode when we have a little bit of time we'll just each of us will talk about one of the albums off of our um desert island list yeah so remind everybody what your list is okay um so as you said this is all stuff that's kind of personal and um i've got I do I've got emotions and I've got like all these things attached to all these different songs all these different albums um, and they're all albums that I have in my current collection so um, I'll go ahead and give you my list uh, I've got the best of the Thompson twins greatest mixes unplugged by kiss sign of the times by Prince the doors soundtrack Metallica's black album squirrel nut zippers hot everyone deserves music by Michael Fronte Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold, We're a Happy Family by the... It's a Ramones tribute album, so there's a lot of great artists on there. Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde, The Love Symbol album by Prince, Let Love In by Nick Cave, The Best of Ozzy by Ozzy Osbourne, Pleasure Victim by Berlin, The Crow soundtrack, which is amazing, Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads, Boingo by Oingo Boingo, what Hits by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Harry Connick Jr.'s album She, and an album by the band Black Sheriff, Black Sheriff 2. They're 
it's it's that's my list and i before we go before we go on to your list i do want to say that while we were recording our list originally um i i kind of thought about the fact like when you said to me i'm surprised there was no or you you said i'm going to make a prediction there's going to be some Bauhaus, some susie and the banshees and some and, pure and and i i didn't have those on there and i'm like oh my god why didn't I put those on there? <laughs> I I really started getting nervous that I was going to end up on a deserted island without some Bauhaus or Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> so so I would say that if I were to make that list again, um, I would would probably replace the Red Hot Chili Peppers for some Susie and the Banshees, and mm-hmm. maybe replace Prince's Symbol album for uh, the Dead President soundtrack, which has some really great. Uh, hmm. R&B and some funk on there. It's a killer cool. album. Yeah. Cool. Okay, here's my list. Frank Sinatra's The Very Best of Frank Sinatra, The Reprise Years, R.E.M.'s Reckoning, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, Aretha Franklin's The Very Best of Aretha Franklin, The 60s, of Montreal, Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer? Sly and the Family Stone, the essential Sly and the Family Stone. Mid-Lakes, The Trials of Van Oncupanther. Sade's Best of Sade. Pure Funk, Volume 1, Compilation. Lady Sovereign's Public Warning. Bob Marley, Legend. Camper Van Beethoven's Our Beloved Revolutionary Sweetheart, Kate Bush's The Dreaming, Arctic Monkeys' Whoever People Say I Am, That's What I Am Not, The Violent Femmes' debut album, Violent Femmes, The Cardigans' Life, Erg, A Music War, The Soundtrack, Talking Heads' Stop Making Sense, and Jens, Jens Lechman's Life Will See You Now. Yeah, very good. I'd forgotten some of those. And uh, I, I I remember hearing some of this music that you talk about when uh, we were doing Music World Radio and you joined me on the show. Do you mind if we start with uh, my album? No, go right ahead. Yeah, go right ahead. Jens Lechman's um Life Will See You Now. Is Jens Lechman, is that, that an artist that you are familiar with no not until uh, mm. not until now so he, he's kind of like a, a troubadour well he's swedish and he's got this sort of like troubadour feel like a jonathan richmond mm-hmm. um yeah. but also a fair amount of like abba in there as well uh-huh. <laughs> that right. whole swedish um 70s cheese ball thing and um, I just really enjoy his stuff, um, and it just it just makes me happy. It makes me giggle, um, and it's it, it's one of those just like good vibes, just go with the flow kind of a thing. So, um, Exhibit A off of Life Will See You Now is a song called, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to 
be able to pronounce this right. Wedding in fin Finsteri? <laughs> Maybe? I think that's probably as good as it's going to get. <laughs> cheeseball this stuff is and i i don't think it's cheeseball at all when you, if you're coming from the 70s um there's a, if, if you're coming from sweden yeah and and sweden it's um, more like a meatball no no i'm i was listening to this music earlier and i really kind of liked it now the thing is is i couldn't actually tell if it was from the 70s because it mm. definitely has that feel to it it's got like that mm -hmm that pop music, 70s pop music feel to it, or mm -hmm. if it was actually a contemporary artist doing music in that vein, you know? Yeah, well, um, he's he's contemporary. I mean, this, okay. this album has been out for several years now, but yeah. less than 10. Yeah, no, I wouldn't call it cheesy at all. I really enjoyed it, actually. And that, that oh. surprised me. I'd never heard of this yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I love this. Like... Um, Prefab Sprout is another band that's like you you never you would never put on if you wanted to like impress the cool kids. Yeah. But when you're alone uh, and you're cooking in the kitchen, this is the best. And, and this and album is is by far his slickest, most produced kind of discoiest album. Yeah. And I think one of the most discoiest moments off of this album is my second pick called How We Met the Long Version. Nothing became something Turned itself inside out Subatomic particles Became atoms, became stars, became galaxies The Earth's cross The planets became perfectly alive. Jupiter blinked with its little red eye. Oxygen replaced methane. A party started in the ocean. Trilobites and crustaceans. A reiterate my point not cheesy not cheesy really but it definitely has that 70s 
feel, you know. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that it's the same kind of music or the same kind of song or the same vibe, but it does kind of remind me of that era that, like, you know, Do You Like Pina Coladas came out of, you know. Um, <laughs> and I guess that's cheese in a way, but yeah. but it wasn't yeah. cheese back in the day. It was totally found. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's make a jarring left turn into uh, your pick. <laughs> yeah, well, my pick's probably not a big surprise to you, um, <laughs> but uh, so so I, I picked uh, for for this episode. I picked to play Boingo's. Um, um, I now you know I'm a big Oingo Boingo fan as you are, mm-hmm. um, but at one point. After I think it was dark at the end of the tunnel, um, yeah. Danny Elfman got kind of tired of what he was doing, and he got kind of bored with what they were turning out. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. With with dark at the end of the tunnel, I got tired of what yeah. they were doing. <laughs> yeah. That that was definitely a low point it, for me. It was, and I and I think it was definitely a low point for Danny Elfman and the band. Um, so he decided that he wanted to shake things up. Mm-hmm. And and decided to just kind of totally change the direction that the band was going as far as their music, and yeah. that and what came out of it was Boingo, which to me, at a point in my life, there was a lot of a lot going on. There was a lot going on in my head, a lot going on in my 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 life, you know. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those albums that has connection to like every single emotion on the spectrum. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, so it's it's uh it's got something for every single mood I want to be in whether it's yeah. uh, you know. So. Yeah. But anyway. Well, I love this album and I have a lot to say about this album, but I'm not going to say it because we are going to cover this album. I mean, it's not going to surprise anybody that at mm-hmm. some point we're going to do a deep dive on Oingo Boingo. So I'm Wait, gonna, what? I'm, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I know we are. <laughs> we better. <laughs> so um, I'm going to save all of my comments for that episode, except to say that um, <clears throat> the only thing that really mars this album for me a little bit is the songs are so Long. They are definitely and long. some of some of the songs it absolutely works. Like Insanity mm-hmm. is a masterpiece and needs to be as long as it as it is. But I I tend to start tuning out some of the other songs because uh, they're just they are so long. I mean I think of the two songs that we're gonna hear tonight. One of them is nine minutes long, and the other one is like fifteen. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, as with pedestrian, pedestrian wolves, um, that's just a long, cool song. But what he tends to do, or has tended to do in that album, even, um, is he he would break the song up so that you've got like a I don't know a nineteen minute song, but it really sounds like four four songs. You know, four different songs. <laughs> um, Pedestrian Wolves, however, is like nine minutes and forty-something seconds long, and it it is, however, one of my very favorite songs.
know that you're holding back your comments for the uh, the deep dive on Oingo Boingo, and I'm I'm bursting at the seams just to talk about them, and I'm yeah. gonna try I'm gonna try to hold back as well. But <laughs> so what's what's your second pick? So my second pick is the song "Change," as you said, is like 15 minutes long. Um, I think uh, this closes out the album, right? It, I believe so. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. Um, change is is it took me through like the whole emotional spectrum as i said earlier um it uh it helped me feel angry it helped me feel love it helped me feel depressed and uh it helped me come out of it when it was time and uh this song is it will always stick with me show me yours i'll show you mine Happy one year anniversary to you, my friend. Yeah, happy one year anniversary to you too. This is great. Why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of us? Yeah, absolutely. All kinds of ways. You can catch us on Instagram, Deep Dives, Deep Cuts. You can catch us on Facebook, the same, Deep Dives and Deep Cuts there. You can also send us an email if you like at Deep dive.deepcuts at gmail.com and we have a Twitter page. We will tweet the hell out of you. So uh, you can catch us all over the place. Really, we're everywhere. So we have talked about our uh, an album each off of our Desert Island picks. Uh, you talked about Oingo Boingo, which we are that is a band that we are going to talk about a lot um, in the future. We are never going to talk about Jens Lechman again on this podcast. I can't <laughs> imagine. Um, I'm going to bring him up just yeah. to, just because now. Because <laughs> it's just a, just doesn't fit with uh, the subject matter. So given that this is the one and only opportunity to talk about Jens Lechman, um, I propose that we go out on my very favorite, the very first Jens Lechman song I ever heard, the song that that took me down the path of love for this artist, and one of my all-time favorite songs called An Argument With Myself. Coming up, gosh, next week. Yeah. We got another episode coming out next week. We we got to get to work. We're going to look at um, August and September of 1978. This is when it starts really getting good from here on out for the rest of the season. We're going to be talking about some of the most iconic post-punk and new wave albums of all time. I mean, this is... I, I think by the end of 1978, it's it becomes very clear to everybody 
that New Wave is going to break big, um, I, at, I, largely in part uh, thanks to quite a few of the albums that come out between September and December of 1978. Yeah, I, I think I said it last episode at some point that this coming up episode is the reason, like part of those bands are the reason we're doing this. I mean, yep. you know, yep. there's some great music. Yep. So we will talk to you guys in a week. All right, we'll see you. Having an argument with myself down Elizabeth Street. Bumping into backpackers and struggling with the parameters and the basic construction of my feet. Kicking beer cans and rubbish along the concrete. Crossing the street and crossing galaxies of taxis and backseats and drunk sweets and half creeks. Shut up, no, you shut up. Was a matter take a number, but a cup. Every time I hear you say fuck it, I will remind you of the photo in your pocket. How long it's been there, two years, I bet. Have a sniff, it's gonna smell like a cigarette. It was the last time you smoked a cigarette. And more importantly, who did you smoke with? Having an argument with myself down Victoria.